Welcome to the best works of emerging explicit romance authors. Our curators select a wide variety of tales about the lifelong human quest for satisfying, lasting, and meaningful expressions of sexual health. Steamy Stories Daily Podcast focuses primarily on short stories. Explicit Novels Daily Podcast presents longer format novels over a span of episodes. Subscribe to both Steamy Stories and Explicit Novels in your favorite podcasting app. And now, today's story. Kale Defeats the Illuminati, Book 3, Part 12. The First Ishara Open House Challenge. I Final Stand. Listen to the podcast at Explicit Novels. Marrying you is going to be Hannah's first step toward mortal beatification, Brooke teased me. Normally only dead people were made saints. A servant of, probably not Jehovah. I think everyone at the table can agree she has interacted with supernatural forces, Sibiel hit her joking well. Martyring her hopes of monogamy? Deidre's fey gaze flickered over the women of note, the women at the main table. Her heroic virtue is prudence? Buffy added. Buffy had been Catholic? Ladies, I'm Lutheran. We don't normally venerate saints. Joking aside, I was given a reason to believe this lunch date was important on a social level between myself and my fiancé. Food would be nice too. Brooke and Libra's presence regulated Pamela and Chaz to an adjacent table. A waiter slipped in, took my order, I decided to forego an appetizer because I was late, then the conversation began. Hannah, this is my mother, Sibiel Nyalas. Imogen and Deidre are my family from Ireland, I made the introductions, most definitely unnecessarily. I was buying time to get a better read on the women around me. I know, Hannah showered me with mature compassion. Get to it, damn you, Buffy huffed. Wow, I'm thinking of the best way to tell you this, I barely could meet Hannah's eyes. I am pregnant with your fiancé's child, Imogen cut to the chase. What she said was delivered on purpose. Imogen wasn't as socially maladjusted as Rachel. The fewer women in my life, the easier the O'Shea would have roping me in. Imogen's words were meant to hurt Hannah and drive a wedge between us. You too? Hannah's sad eyes studied Imogen. She hid her anger disappointment disgust well. In this crowd her efforts to obfuscate her feeling only worked on Libra and Brooke. Those two ladies were less astute at concealing their surprise. She's your aunt, right? Libra's look settled on me instead of a blatant Imogen or a pained Hannah. No, mom answered for me. My sisters and I were born sterile. It is impossible that our paternal heritage has been passed along. Whatever Imogen's maternal contribution was, it is not from our DNA. My sister does have a child inside her, Havenstone verified it and will have the precise genetic makeup within 24 hours, she persisted, lying. If Kale has a failing, it is that he was seduced by my sisters who played upon his very confusing mother-son relationship. I faked my death when he was seven. I died in a quite painful manner and he had to watch helplessly as he witnessed me wasting away. I did such a horrible thing to a young boy because the people who were hunting me down, the two O'Shea before you and the nine who aren't here, would have used numerous means of torture to verify my death. Until they realized what I was. Then my imprisonment would have begun, my wonderful husband would have died without giving them the truth. It was too much to ask of our son. For fifteen years he believed me dead. He learned the truth at his father's funeral. 
I believe every woman at this table knows my son doesn't handle emotional pain well. Imogen's statement was a thinly veiled stab at Hannah's heart and a kick to my son's sense of responsibility to both Hannah and his unborn child. How could this not hurt Hannah? How could Kale possibly respond, torn between the woman who has already sacrificed so much of her happiness for a man barely aware of his own maturity, and the woman bringing his child into the world? Good one, Imogen. Those two are better than you, or I. By all means, make a mockery of my son, your nephew, who has pledged to fight for your life when he should clearly walk away and let the rest of you die. He asks nothing of you yet you feel no remorse at sullying his happiness. There are ten good reasons for you getting up and walking out of here intact right now. There are six better reasons for making you pay for your cruelty, she threatened. Ten. Brooke whispered. The sisters' five bodyguards, the two bodyguards they gifted me with, Deidre, Imogen and Kale. You don't think he would let the woman bearing his child take a beating, do you, Brooke? Hannah enlightened her. No. The six? Libra scanned the room. My other two bodyguards won't act unless I am directly threatened. They won't be out to hurt anyone. If anyone tries to hurt me, they will jump straight to the making them dead option. The six are Buffy, Pamela, Chaz, Juanita, Special Agent Maddox, and Sibiel. We'd help, Libra insisted. Brooke was on board with that proclamation. No, came forth from Hannah, Mom, and me. Brooke and Libra, you two, Odette, the other twelve and the waitstaff will only confuse the issue. My sisters and their soldiers will use you and the rest to distract Kale. Except for Ms. Maddox, the rest won't give a fuck so your best bet is to hit the deck and let the professionals deal with things, Mom clarified. Brooke, Libra, this is a wacko chicks with guns moment, I put things in perspective. Hannah? Libra put a hand on Hannah's shoulder. Don't mind me, she patted Libra's hand. I'm diving for cover and not getting up until you, Brooke, Kale, or Buffy tell me to get up. Sorry Sibiel, but I don't know you that well yet. I understand, Mom agreed. To punctuate the awkwardness of the moment, Aisha, the Arabic swimsuit model, and three other SD ladies waltzed into the place and took a table. When the maitre d' tried to impede them, Aisha threatened to exterminate his entire extended family with a look alone. Been there, done that, and the maitre d' was nowhere close to being in my league. I had to think that through. Had Buffy called them, the SD would have been here before I arrived. Pamela was a possibility except the SD still hated her over Constanza's maiming. If she told them my life was in danger, they would still show up. My life wasn't in danger and Pamela wouldn't yank their chain. It had to be Juanita. The head of my bodyguard telling Elsa that I was in an exposed position with nine armed Illuminati would have elicited this level of response. Pamela prodded Odette. Odette had a what-do-you-want-me-to-do non-verbal exchange with Pamela then got up and went over to Aisha. Odette even remembered to navigate the room in such a manner Aisha and her team could keep an uninterrupted view of the threat. Pamela and Chaz's lessons were paying off. They weren't training her in the lethal arts. They were showing her how to not be an obstacle, which was better, given our current circumstances. Hannah, don't hate Imogen. The only parent she's ever known was Grandad, I returned my attention to the crisis at hand. Oh, I'm sorry, Hannah sent sympathetic waves Imogen's way. If there was a hint of you bitch hidden within those words, none of US would admit it. Yes, yes, Imogen smiled back. Father was a real troll. 
That's not true, Hannah responded. I've met him and he has always been very nice to me. It was easy for me to look past the nations of dead he's murdered, his propensity to rape his daughters and his plans to destroy my kale. I don't hold you to blame for not protecting Kale more than you have. He's a handful and reminds you of your father, the mass-murdering rapist. And Imogen, don't try to hurt Kale using me again, you bitch. I'm not a part of your circus. That doesn't render me powerless. I love more than I hate. I count a person great by the lives they save, not those they take. Where there is valor, there is hope and my fiancé has both in spades. Do we understand one another? Proving you are smarter than Ms. Sievert is not something which equates to being a threat, Deidre countered. Kale, why aren't you saying something? Brooke whispered to me. Because he knows better, Mom grinned. This is a battle Hannah has to win, or lose, on her own. Kale has plenty of women willing to go behind his back and kill people, Brooke. Now, if Hannah asks for such a favor, we know it is not over some petty bullshit, rolled menacingly forth from Buffy as her feral countenance made a few of the Illuminati at the next table nervous. That won't be necessary, I broke up the tension. We are as dysfunctional a family as they come, but we are family and we will all treat one another as such by the standards of the only one who matters. Clear? You? Deidre soothed me. No. Furco Nihilas, my father and the best man I've ever known. He taught me to never make excuses for your own behavior. Surrendering our control over our lives is a cop-out. If you want to continue acting like the creepy-ass bitch daughters of Kayla O'Shea, so be it. That is your choice to make. I care for you. I care enough for you to fight granddad over your futures. I hope all of you know I mean what I say. Whatever you decide to do, no matter how you act, I will always love you. I've made my choices and I am going to hold you responsible for yours. Let's eat lunch. It has been a rough fucking day and it isn't over yet. If there was ever any doubt, I destroyed those 12 hopeful bodyguards on the mats. They possessed neither the skill nor the savagery necessary in a warrior culture. We Amazons didn't recoil from pain. Our sisters' lives were on the line. That was why you practiced no-holds-barred fighting with, or without, weapons. We can learn, the lead Finn protested. The rest were getting over the physical and spiritual pain of being so easily beaten. My normal bodyguards go through three years of intense 24-7 training. Being a member of that elite body means you train in all forms of weapons as well as hand-to-hand -hand combat techniques. Once you've mastered the core physical and skill baseline requirements, and this core training never stops, no point is considered good enough, you begin learning at least two specialties. Those are disciplines such as close protection, sniping, small unit tactics, infiltration, battlefield medicine, electronics, computing, communication systems, linguistics and training expertise. In my current team, the ones who fought at my side in Hungary and Romania, all have three specialties. Discounting their regiment since the age of five, each had been on the job in a professional capacity at least six years. The leader had 11 years in. Finally, when you are at that level of excellence, you need a specific mindset. What you need to do is think why you shouldn't kill someone, not if you should. If there is any doubt, you strike. If you hesitate, someone close to you might be killed, not just me. Look around you. If you aren't ready to kill for any of your companions, you will never cut it. Now, I'm going to have you shown out. I will have taxis take you back to your hotel.
Think about it. Seriously, think about dedicating yourself to more than some stranger you've met on the internet. You will be dedicating yourself to the other elven women in your group, to the death. That is the level of spiritual dedication it takes to be at my side. Go, take a rest, talk it over, search your souls. Call me if any of you want to continue and we can have lunch Sunday and make plans. Questions? Do the other women around you do this, make those choices? One of the Turkish women frowned while nursing a bruised jaw. No. They have it worse. They have thrown their old lives away, never to return. Each and every one has either murdered a human being, or attempted to, before they are even considered for the task. Under normal circumstances, we wouldn't be having his conversation. You would never be given the chance. You are woefully unqualified in every way except spirit. Your willingness to cross the Atlantic to make your offers resonates with me, so I am both warning you this is horrible, horrible path you are taking and I am explaining precisely how slender any of your chances are of accomplishing your goals. I, I don't know, whispered one of the Hungarian lasses. At the Seven Skulls, I led three such women into combat, Rachel, Charlotte and Saku, against a group of warriors who were fighting free of 500 elite Romanian mountain troops. Of the Romanians, nearly 200 were either dead or wounded. The FBI special agent we took with us was badly wounded. One of the three was killed, a headshot, and the remainder left her body where she had fallen because the enemy were still out there and they had to protect me. The world will not bend to your sensitivities. Life around me is exceedingly dangerous and unforgiving, I finished. No immediate consensus united them. Fear and disbelief were the major vibes I was picking up. None of them were angry, insulted, or overly terrified. Time for you to go, Buffy concluded our meeting. Tigermave and Dora Faranak, would you please see Kale's guests to the lobby? A new pleasure of Buffy's was using the house names of the full bloods she interacted with. I have taken a few mystic liberties, Maeve was a Celtic war goddess, the enslaver of men. Faranak was a Scythian goddess also known as the Lynx goddess and the Silent Huntress. As for the other new hires, Daphne was, as explained earlier, of House Cotidia, Thracian goddess of sex, war and slaughter. Fabiola was of House Minerva, Roman goddess of war and strategy. Violet Maza was in House Ashen, the Yoruba goddess of love, sexuality, beauty and diplomacy, lady of the Orisha life spirits. Paula Wadina was of House Sibylli, Phrygian earth mother, guardian of the lion throne, they were dismissed and smart enough to know that was the best possible answer to their current predicament, learning your romantic adventure was actually a gory supernatural battle for survival. A growing number of Isherans had been gathering while I dealt with the wannabes. A few were amused, perhaps even understanding, of my actions. Soon enough, using her position as record keeper of Hausishera, Helena cajoled the other Amazons into giving us peace and quiet. Not all left. Watching a jury-rigged Hausishera work through its business in a semi-public setting was an event both unlooked for and possibly enlightening. For this gathering, we had 122 of the 159 members. The missing members were not close enough or were providing a critical function that wouldn't allow them to be in New York on this night. Sisters, a moment of personal prayer for each of us to seek guidance from our ancestors as we seek to continue their legacy, I intoned softly, calling the meeting to order. I had barely opened my eyes, failing to get any inspiration from Yako, when the struggle began. Why are we including them in a House Ishera meeting? Matori pointed out the three new hires who were sticking around. Memicent, Amazon for to speak true, 
I answered her. Since Daphne, Paula and Violet had clearly been sitting among us before the meeting began, I gave Buffy a disappointing frown. Ishara respects these three for teaching the rest of you the Amazon language so that we can teach it to others, thus all of you becoming able to engage all our sisters in our native tongue. I doubt any other house would extend this honor to others. Thankfully, we are not like any other house. We know better. We have all been outsiders. We aren't a normal house and I am working toward us never being one. We have to be kind and just when necessary and forgive when it is what the host needs. We will do this because we Ishurans alone will decide on the prestige of our sisters. If the other houses make an issue of it, who cares? None of them have made the sacrifices necessary to be Ishurans. I know that you have not all gathered here tonight to hear me pontificate. Who wants to be first? Will you accept a challenge? Matori stood up. We had spread out in a ring, two Amazons deep, along the edges of the mats. I had never sat down. Put forth your complaint, I responded. You emphasize duties other than that of a house head. You don't take the time to show up at initiation ceremonies. In essence, you ignore your sisters to advance your own prestige. Yes, I am not showing up at the initiation ceremonies. Yes, I prioritize other activities over running the day-to-day -day operations of our house. Yes, you are utterly ignoring the two Amazons sitting at either side of me. I chose Buffy Yashara and Helena Yashara to lead this house because I knew I would have others' issues coming up in my life concerning the host. Buffy, are you challenging me? No, Waiko Ashera, she responded angrily. She wasn't angry with me. She had chosen the majority of the assembly and they were turning on me, thus her. Helena, are you challenging me? No, Waiko Ashera. I am intimately familiar with your work and the dangers you constantly confront for the greater host, she answered in an equally hostile tone. Now that the issue of relevance has been dealt with, I will accept any challenge from any of you selfish, bigoted, power-hungry cunts who wish to put your own self-interest above that of our house. By all means, stumble over one another for the top spot, I mocked them. I'd played nice. No more. It was telling that my classification of any challenger was completely ignored. Matori and five supporters stood. In theory, challenges were the rare one-on-one -on -one Amazon experience. Another Amazon, Ariane, stood with another supporter. Cool beans, I nodded. I backed up, stepped off the mats and picked up the four axes I had pre-prepared. Back on the mat I went past my handful of supporters, brandished two weapons and advanced a quarter way onto the sparring area. The mass of my opponents muttered in confusion and resentment. Ishara, we have not trained in archaic weapons. Most of our facilities never had then, Madori protested. Amazons don't play fair, I glared. Several migrated to the walls to pick out whatever looked the least daunting. Buffy, Helena, Marcia, Daphne Cotidia, Violet Ashen, and Paula Sibylli did likewise. Is this how you want to answer a challenge for leadership? Madori glowered. Cheating, utilizing a clear advantage in a farce of equality and justice? No. Please step back and call every member of Jicket, my eyes narrowed. How about this, call the Amazon's contact with the earth and sky? Can't do that either? How about convince the nine clans to help us pursue a house obligation? Your duties as chief diplomat are not that of Isherin house head and actually make you less of a house head, she countered. She had chosen a short spear, using it two-handed.
And that made Katrina what precisely? I should fucking kill you, Buffy snarled. Madoriashara, Dottishara, is not the goddess of Scrabble. She is not the goddess of, and Madori tried to catch me flat-footed with a spear thrust. I was appalled at how easy I dealt with her. My right axe diverted her spear enough so when I twisted my stance, she missed. I placed the head of my left axe on her shoulder, blade against her throat. Madori, you lose. Sit back down and contemplate that you were beaten by a 22-year-old man, I see that. There was no you didn't give me a chance bullshit. She had struggled for advancement in the Amazon way. Such people weren't crybabies. Next. Ariane approached me with a shield and short sword. My read on the situation was she was going to use acrobatics to compensate for my superior reach. I readied myself. I don't suppose you would accept a suggestion we fight unarmed, she put out there. I took two steps toward her then dropped my axes. I trust you, I looked down at her. I could see the oh, fuck me written all over her face. The unfairness had been tossed in her lap. She put the point of her leaf-shaped blade under the left side of my ribcage, close to my kidney. Yield. Never. Yield, or I will kill you. I took a quarter-inch penetration when I clamped down on her right wrist and slammed my elbow into her face. A quick exchange of footwork ended up with both of us on the mat, Ariane on her back, sword pinned to the mat and her shield trapped between us. Headbutt followed headbutt until she was unresponsive. I stood up, blood oozing down my side. Water. I barked. A bottled water was rolled my way. Three more Amazons were sizing me up. This challenge phase was far from over. I splashed water down on Ariane's face until she sputtered into wakefulness. Pathetic, I sneered at her. This house is worth any and all of our lives. If you were the best candidate to lead this house and I refused to yield, then why did you spare me? Not only could you not kill me when you clearly could, you failed to do so even when it became an unequal contest of arms. Ariane was shamed and furious. I was treating her like a presumptuous, outsider woman. I'm feeling particularly generous in victory, Ariane, don't you dare stand up, I growled when she tried. I will not kill you for your disrespect. I will not exile you from our house because doing so would show both of us failing to grasp one of the key principles of our people, learn. Learn and keep learning. A loss is nothing more than a temporary setback. Learn, don't repeat the same mistake twice and never stop striving for success until you take yourself to the cliffs. One of the two newest challengers was prepping her rush. I drew my other two axes. Wait your turn, I pointed an axe her way. The rest of you, you planned this meeting so you could overcome your disgust and condemnation over having a male be in charge of House Ishera. Don't bother lying to me, or each other. Your crappy performance is utterly irrelevant, the challenger showered me with hate. As I have previously noted, telling a woman that she is clearly delusional by pointing out her delusions is rarely accepted in a positive manner. Have it your way. The sheer stupidity of your actions speaks for itself. She moved forward. Much like Ariane, her tactic was to close in enough to turn this into an unarmed martial contest. I didn't know her name, yet could tell she hadn't joined House Ishera via her spectacular battlefield performance. She was undoubtedly bright, diligent, and absolutely top-notch at whatever post Havenstone had placed her in. Lecture time. Here begins the lesson, I danced away from her initial rush. 
If you believe that I am nothing more than a prophetic hiccup in Amazon mysticism and not the true heir of Yako Ashera, please raise your hand, I said to the room at large. Few did. Liars, I mocked them. I batted a few more of her attacks aside. Having refused to accept the window dressing of my heritage, you have decided I am nothing more than a fortuitous aberration you are using for your own personal advantage. That is the only logical assertion that takes into account all the events of tonight, I kept lecturing them. And you couldn't be more wrong. Stand still, damn you, my latest opponent hissed. I slipped right when I should have twisted left. I dropped the back of my axe head on the top of her skull, dropping her like a puppet with its strings cut. The next one hopped up. Buffy's animalistic rumblings of pure rage were clearly audible. This one was going with the long spear and it looked like she had some talent. She was no Elsa and for this, she needed to be. Put your spear down and accept my judgment, I made eye contact with the newcomer. Why? I'm not going to tell you. Go with your gut, I advised. I could see her weigh her options. She surprised me by placing her spear down and retreating from the mat. Why did you do that? The woman next to her snapped quietly. I don't know, the latest challenger furrowed her brow. You did it because we have all been here before, I filled in the answer. You were never runners. Had you been alien to the Amazons, you would have faced the same fate as Alicia at my father's gravesite. She was rejected by Ishera, not me. Ask any of the other 21 who were present. I burned my damn finger trying to get Ishera to take her in. It didn't happen. I've been thinking about that for the past few months. I think I now know why it happened. Miraculously, I had their attention. You never joined House Ishera, I scanned the whole assembly. House Ishera found you. Generations ago you should have joined House Ishera except the gates had been closed. Your ancestors couldn't reach out to you because their mortal kin had perished without heirs. For 1500 years, Isherins have been born, lived and passed on because no one was around to open your eyes to your place in the world. I am absolutely positive every one of you has fought, struggled and bled to be in this room, listening to my diatribe. So did Alicia. For those who know her, do you think she was lesser than you by any metric? I let that sink in. Those who knew Alicia were mulling my words over. Those who didn't were studying the ones who did. Please examine your hearts and give me a reason why she and hundreds of equally qualified runners are not here, and you are? Have you won a game of Texas Hold'em? The pick five? Do you think your other sisters drew your name out of hat, threw darts at a dartboard, or did a random inner house personnel search? I'm waiting for someone to tell me I'm a nut, insane, or just plain wrong. Nothing. You are here because you were born Ishurans, grew up under Dadashara's cruel tutelage and fortuitously lived in a time when the doors to our ancestors were finally reopened. Former runners? There is no such thing. You have always been Ishurans. And only now is the rest of creation becoming aware of it, I stated in a clear, decisive voice. Kimberly insisted I take that course in public speaking so I could recite the words of long-dead kings in an authoritative voice. It was paying an unpredicted dividend now. Except for the three non-issuerans, everyone in this room grew up in a scientific, predictable world. If any of them participated in a religion, they didn't expect any reaction to their worship. Faith was a word to whitewash the unknown. Havenstone had made no effort to dispel that way of thinking. Yes, 
They knew they were living on the periphery of a 3,000-year-old feud against malekind. When given the decision to either believe one, there were thousands and thousands of ancestors and 50-plus goddesses watching over them, or two, they belonged to a cult with a seriously weird backstory, they chose the reasonable explanation. It wasn't like the membership in that worship system were reaching out to embrace new members. The faith the full-blooded Amazons had was part of their mistress's uniqueness they shared with one another while excluding their new sisters. Such an infinitesimal number of runners had been embraced by the faith, so what else were they supposed to believe in? Only now, they were being asked to embrace without question what all full-blooded took for granted. Mysticism was integral to Amazon life. They knew their ancestors were watching over them. They knew their matron goddesses prepared an afterlife for them. They lived and died with ironclad faith in that. They taught it to their daughters, who passed it on to their children. This process went back 150 generations. Do you, do you really speak to the goddess Ishera? Madori asked, twisting her logical mind about the conundrum of my words, why her and not Alicia? What had Alicia done wrong? Until I spoke on the matter, she had shoved such worry to the back of her mind. She was in a first house, which was the new center of her existence. Yes, I replied. I bit down on trying to insert a joke into this seriously spiritual moment. What does she tell you? Madori uttered the words, but they were echoed in the face of every Isherin in the room. The messages vary. I have vomited out more blood in one session than I have in my entire body, ask Buffy. I have been told to sleep with an auger. Later she, Ishera, told me Tatify, the auger, was going to die in premature childbirth and there was not a damn thing I could do about it. Why I had to put an Isherin heir in Tatify has not been explained to me and probably never will. She likes fortune cookies. She is jealous of the goddess Salanya because that goddess has saved my life, twice. Dot Ishera has also intervened to save my life too. Of greater importance to me, she has spared Ayapona when I begged for her help, I kept going. I had their rapt attention now. What I was saying you couldn't put into a handbook or normally pass from the uninitiated to the uninitiated. I have hated her for some of the misery I have committed at her request. I have served her without explanation because I acknowledge I am Ishera, Wako Ishera, and this is what we Amazons do, fight for our matron goddesses. Our reward is pain and suffering. It is daughters and sisterhood. It is raising our young and taking comfort and giving comfort on the night before we take ourselves to the cliffs when our time comes. All our sisters who have passed before us are waiting to take us to our true home. No matter what else happens to us, we will never be alone again. In this life and the next, we are bound by more than blood and oaths. We are bound by a common destiny and a unifying goal. That goal is the will of Ishara. And that is why you anger me so tonight. Not one of you has suggested I have not been true to Dadishara, to Yako Ishara, and to every Isharan who is and has ever been. A proper challenge is made when your house head has betrayed your house and or the host. You challenge them after you have set forth your grievances and your house head has failed to successfully address them. Instead, why are you any of you challenging me? I glared my displeasure over them. Don't answer that. Don't bother. We all know it is because I have a dick. Not one of you has challenged the legitimacy of my bloodline. Not one charge of treason has been leveled against me. By the goddess. I thundered. Who here doesn't know what I do for the host on a day-to-day -day basis? If you don't know, 
Have you ever considered asking someone who might? Despite the disrespect you have shown me and the goddess, have I ever challenged any of your selection for joining in a house I lead? Of course not. I serve Ishara, as should you all. I have shown all of you absolute faith and honest solidarity. Tonight, you have let me, your sister, down. I desperately need your support, your comfort, and your trust. To reward my efforts in doing a job I was unprepared for, yet couldn't deny, you have showered me with your hate. Good night. I stalked off the mat, retrieving my dropped axes. I set the four weapons in their hooks on the wall then headed for the exit. Pamela had taught me you tend to your weapons before you tend to your life. Ishara, Madori called out. I kept walking. Wako Ishara, she called out again. I stopped, looked over my shoulder and gave her a blank face. I had not thought this through. I apologize, she lowered her head. Around her others nodded. I don't care, I glowered. I don't want your words. I want deeds. I don't want your respect. It is not something I find any value in right now. I don't want your comfort. You have denied me solidarity when I so desperately need it. I trusted you all implicitly. You were the chosen of Ishara, named by your sisters as worthy, who had never let me down before. Now, all of you need to work on regaining my trust. Until you do, until you do, I will accept every challenge. And I promise you I will let your ghost explain to the goddess and our ancestors your treachery. Bye. A moment with Hannah, 1.12 a.m., Thursday, September 4th, four days to go with Kale? Hannah touched my chin, indicating she wanted eye contact. Yes? I obliged. Her naked body lying next to mine was pleasurable and warm. The scent of our sexual coupling remained a happy reminder that we had shared our hunger and passion. Normally when we are together, I know I am the totality of your world. I have never felt your mind was elsewhere. Tonight, I know you have been diligent and caring, yet I know a part of your mind is devoted to something besides our sex and your complete attention to my body and needs. Can I help? She worried. Hmm, success has robbed me of many of my primal fears and forced me to think about my future beyond my next weekend, next planned vacation, or who I might meet at a club slash bar slash walking down the sidewalk, I worked through my cerebral confusions. When I started at Havenstone, I mostly feared for my life, I quickly put a finger to her lips. I'll explain one day, but not tonight. But one morning shortly before we met, I was staring down my imminent demise, only to have my life turned to full 180. I suddenly had family, friends and an extended family to consider. I wanted none of that. You grew up, Kale, she stroked my stubbly chin. You are trying to grow up. I understand this will be a harder struggle than you can explain right now until our children become teenagers. That's mean, I joked. I've actively and systemically resisted being a responsible adult since I discovered what being an adult entailed, I insisted. I accept that. I also accept when we are in a room together, your eyes always come back to me. I know you see the sensuality in other women, yet you have never betrayed me. I really, truly appreciate it. I do. She smiled. I smiled. That is not a license to cheat, she curtailed my constant subroutine of thought. Tell me what bothers you and I'll give you a big reward, she wiggled against my hip. Yay! I'm a simple guy. My department tried to demote me a few hours ago. 
I got pissy and smacked them down for something that wasn't really their fault. I've picked up some bizarre knowledge that is difficult for sane people to accept. I told those ladies they had to re-earn my trust. I am wondering if I was too harsh on them, I mused. What does Buffy think, she asked. That was a bit odd. She wants to toss a few of them into a 777's engine, while it is running, I confessed. Go with her judgment, Kale, she consoled me. She scares me. She also loves you more than life itself. I'll deal with her possessiveness as we learn to timeshare you. Timeshare? What the fuck? No. Yes, she pouted. I'm coming to accept you can't be monogamous. I would like you to keep me first in your life. Do you think you can do that? I, I gave it some serious thought. I wouldn't have to totally forego other romantic liaisons. This was probably the best deal I'd get outside divorce court. Okay. I now have a goal to work for, keeping you happy. I love you, Kale. You don't have to respond. I want you to know how I feel. You deserve to know, and I want to be honest with my emotions concerning you, she sighed. Thank you. This means a lot to me, your honesty, I exhale. She'd helped me burn off a good chunk of my anxiety. So, I stroked her hair. You mentioned a reward, or two. I was thinking about pressing her bodily against her huge glass window overlooking the city while I took her vigorously from behind. Then I could turn her around and warm up those cold nipples with my mouth and tongue. Yes, she purred, clearly delving into the depths of my passion. Dad has agreed to take me down the aisle, she worked her way on top of me, and I'm pregnant. Had Hannah not been on top of me and definitely in need, I would have gotten out of bed and repeatedly slammed my dick in a door. Me, dude, not wearing a condom is not an invitation to paternity. The other me, suck it up, upper head. A dick's got to do what a dick's got to do. Am, bitch. Tom, he 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 he, happy Father's Day, playboy. Am, fuck you. Tom, speaking of which, fucking is what I'm trying to do. Get with the game plan. What is going on in your mind, Kale? Hannah teased me. I'm having a conversation with my dick, I groused. And losing. Let him play, she showered me with understanding and acceptance. I'm safe now, let him play. Hannah was straddling me with her cunt hovering over my cock. He throbbed. See, he's willing to make up and play nice. No, he was not out to play nice. Not now and not ever. Dick. Dishonor, rebirth, and the sacrifices made for both. And that big time jump. 7.03 a.m., Sunday, September 7th, one day to go, I had to remind myself Amazons came before the advent of the seven-day calendar and they determined their religious celebrations by stellar alignments, not by any specific date. Thus an early Sunday morning formal council session wasn't a common occurrence, but neither was it totally surprising. Krasimira had requested a full meeting of the Amazon Council. House Isherab was marked by three oddities, my maleness, my personal appearance, Krasimira insisted for no given reason, a standard operating procedure, and on the inclusion of the fourth member now wedged in around House Ishara's place at the table, Buffy, Daphne, Buffy still needed a translator, Juanita, as a member of the House Isheran Houseguard, now included myself. The first surprise for me, and most of the council, was the replacement of Arwen by Desiree at House Epona's place. The shockwaves of Hayden's passing had most likely allowed Katrina to do some reshuffling in House Epona as well. 
The only person who was late was Elsa, who still hadn't shown up as the meeting began. Her attendance was purely ceremonial anyway. The apprentices began the prayer of the ancestors. I did my part towards the end, the first house apprentices begin the song, Buffy did her best, and the house heads of first houses finish it. Since the council still hadn't created a regency council, it fell to the golden mare to get down to business. Cressimira, you have requested this meeting, she stood and regarded the woman across the empty high priestess chair. Cressimira motioned for her guardian to go get something. Apparently that something was waiting right outside the door, because all the guardian had to do was open it and poke her head outside. She held the door open for six individuals to file in. First was Elsa, who was looking more gorgeous, vigilant and lethal than normal. Behind her came another one of Cressimira people holding a 20-inch diameter, shallow copper bowl by the handles. I could barely make out the glowing embers it contained. Third, hobbling in with a cane, her face a mask of sorrow, pain and fatalism, was Quenamai aka Deathsong. At her side, supporting her as best she could was Aya. Behind those two were two more of Krasimira's guardians. The place didn't explode because no one in the room except Katrina, me and, I assumed, Krasimira recognized Quen by face. Elsa took a warding position between Saint Marie and Quen, which drew a curious expression from the golden mare. Behind Elsa was Aya. Quen was beside Aya and two guardians were in a warding position between Quen and the rest of the council. The bull holder, now bowless, stood behind Krasimira as did the guardian she had started with. Quen took a deep breath. She scanned the sea of curious faces, finally settling on mine. I tried not to cry and failed. I nodded to her and she did to me. Few of you here know me. I am Quenamai, she began her path and the tone of the room immediately turned ugly. Krasimira stood rapidly and smacked her palm on the table so loudly I knew it had to hurt. Her action made the outrage of the other fifty-one become stillborn. I am Dumaliagal, Princess, Quenamai, niece of Isharsan, Antiope, and daughter of Huxan Bizahai, Penthesilia, of Monascapalabihur, Orithia, descendant of Karuriasi, Antianera, first queen of the Amazon, the bracketed phrases are the Greek versions of the Amazon's names. I am the oldest member of my house, she continued and I believe few caught the oldest bit. Her recitation was her lineage, thus her right to rule. The last plunge, this is my Duma, daughter, and Iwarawa, heir, Aya of Karuriasi, she who rebels. A pregnant pause seized the room. A life for a life. That was what Pamela had told me, her curse. What if that had been aimed at me, not her? Maybe her burden was to see me through to this point. Think of Aya and know she deserves to grow up to be an Amazon, just like you. Give her the freedom to do so. Where there is valor, there is hope yet where there is hope, there can be valor too. Greatness should be measured by the lives you save, not those you take. When the time, Aya. Pamela had given me life, I had given Quenamai her life on the battlefield and now she was giving Aya a life I could never provide for her, greatness should be measured by the lives you save. That was not the Amazon way, yet it could be. I had no clue what to do, so I went with my instincts. At this juncture, we had all been rendered powerless, by hatred and by our unforgiving nature. I see Aya of Kururiyasi, I declared as I slammed my palm down on the table. I was robbed of the added dramatic flair of standing up abruptly since I had to stand because I had promised to never sit in their presence. To add to the tragic play laid before us, I could barely see Aya. The table was high. 
All I could see was the top of her shoulders and her head. I see Aya of Kuroriyasi came from an unexpected direction. It was Kohar of Marta, standing, speaking and slamming her hand down on the table. Next, five seconds later, Fatima's successor echoed the proclamation. The voices cascaded together after that. The last house head to add her affirmation was Katrina. She was losing a breeding female of her house. I think the weight of the burden falling on those small shoulders was an even harder emotion for her to deal with. Once more, she sacrificed Aya for the good of all Amazons. There were only two people left, Saint Marie and Krasimira. Saint Marie walked over to the two royals then touched Elsa on the upper arm. When Elsa stepped aside, the golden mare looked down at Aya and, with a slight bow of the head, I see Aya of Kururiyasi. The birth of Aya of Kururiyasi shall be recorded in the roles of the host, was Krasimira's spin on things. After all, neither hers nor the golden mare's vote mattered in this decision, not legally. Saint Marie's vote was a symbolic representation of all members of the security detail who stood outside the house system. Quinn swayed slightly as she drew forth her small Amazon blade then extended a lock of her hair. No, Aya whispered desperately. Quinn shot her a grim smile. They are your people now, she replied softly. With you, I have restored our bloodline's honor. Now I must meet my end and my sins alone. With that, she sheared off a length of hair, I will take myself to the cliffs, without a lineage and nameless. She dropped her hair into the coals which popped and crackled as they devoured their offering. Three of us were crying, me, Aya and Buffy. Alone, Quinn shuffled painfully to the door. No one would help her. Quinn am I, Saint Marie proclaimed in a loud, clear voice. You are forbidden to take yourself to the cliffs. Quinn turned toward us, her face ashen. She couldn't even die in the traditions of her people, a final crushing blow. At this time we all must seek permission to take ourselves to the cliffs, Saint Marie finished. The host is at war and we need every set of eyes, hands and feet. No one, full-blooded or runner, may seek out our ancestors or purposely end our lives. What reason do you give for seeking permission to end your existence? I would prefer an honorable death, she replied sadly. I have been told you fight well, your wounds are not permanently crippling and I see no indication that you have lost the spirit to fight. Your request is rejected. Go to medical. I will inform Ray and Ardio so she may allocate your abilities in a manner which provides maximum benefit for the host. You do not belong in these chambers. Leave. This time, one of the SD ladies went to her side and helped her leave. Since that worthy didn't immediately return, I hope she took Quinn up to medical. Inside, events continued to unfold. Saint Marie was about a foot from Aya and the height difference was comical. Is there anything you need? She looked down at Aya. It was clear to me both women, Titan and Pixie, were trying to catch up with unexpected events. What do you suggest? Aya asked. I would like it if you told me, she rapidly added. Perhaps I should assign you some bodyguards and tutors, Saint Marie suggested. The rest of us were standing around uselessly. Saint Marie was in charge and helping out Aya had been added to her long list of duties she needed to perform. Oh, I would like two bodyguards chosen from two different first houses, plus one house Amazon from each continent. To those, I would like to add an equal number of runners. So, you have thought this out? Saint Marie shot me and Katrina an evil look. Oh no! Aya shook her head. 
I'm as much surprised about Quenemai's actions and departure as you are. I really wanted her to hang around for several more years, at least a decade. Fortunately, Mayata has taught me all Amazons must think on their feet and take advantage of every opportunity and turn misfortune to an advantage. He has taught that to you? Saint Marie kept her voice steady. He did so accidentally through my observation of him and overhearing others discuss how he was being trained. Normally, oh, Katrina of Epona sends him on assignments without telling him what he's supposed to do until he arrives at his destination. That was followed by a hush, then muted amusement among the onlookers. I will see to your bodyguard. Is there anything else? Saint Marie remained polite. As we were all about to discover, the Golden Mare had no eye experience. Yes. From this day forth, I want all male babies turned over to the royal house, she plowed on. This hush had a darker tone. You wish to add men to your house? Saint Marie was back to being upset. No, I shook her head. They are men after all. I want them to be taught to be skilled servants and craftsmen. There are numerous non-martial jobs the host does right now that diverts our efforts from warfare and bringing more daughters into the host. But no warriors? Saint Marie clarified, not only for herself, but for the majority of the council as well who suspected the perniciousness of me and Katrina. In the royal house? Not now, most likely not for several generations. I love Kaelishera with all my heart, he is my Mamatu Masita, boon companion. He is also a bit of a nut. I think it is best if we give males tasks that don't stress them that much. Sighs of relief, Aya wasn't poisoned with extremist beliefs, circled the table, followed by nods of approval, Aya was one of them a pure-blooded Amazon with their traditional upbringing, fools. Unseen by the rest, Katrina and I knew this was Mamatu. The Amazon belief that training, experience and ability allowed you to achieve victory, no luck required. I would like it if the new directive is pursued with vigor. The grim reality is that virtually all our old male population has passed and, for the sake of genetic diversity, we need to rejuvenate our bloodlines with males strong in mind, body and spirit. Is there, I hear the wisdom in your words, Dumaliagal, Saint Marie had reversed directions emotionally and was starting to take her princess very seriously. As Katrina and I knew, Aya was super bright, an Amazon of legend inside a tiny frame. I would like it if my bodyguard served the royal house for 10 years at which time they will return to their native house. Runners will resume being runners unless they are adopted into a house. I would like it if the first directive was pursued with greater vigor as well, she piped up. If the rest of the houses don't get their acts together, House of Ishera is going to pick up all the superlative ones. I don't think anyone in this room, except Kale, Buffy and Daphne, wants to see a house Ishera with 1,000 sisters. A thousand runners are still the equivalent of a thousand former's runners with the name Ishera attached, Messina murmured. I wasn't sure if I would be able to stop Buffy, mainly because I wanted to jump down Messina's throat first. May I address the council, Golden Mare? Aya maintained her illusion of subordination. This was a brilliant Aya actively assuring the council that she had no intention of becoming queen anytime soon. Let me consider it, Dumaliagal, Saint Marie leaned up to look at me. Aya's hand sprang up over her head mimicking the action of a student seeking attention. Saint Marie's eyes flickered down to Aya. House Ishera, how do you wish to handle that insult? She addressed me. Insult? I pretended to be surprised. 
Messina behaving in a blindingly infantile manner is something we both expect and pity. If she, how dare you? Messina simmered. If she knew anything about the workings of Hausishera, the sisters of Hausishera, or runners in general, then her babblings might have some value, I continued. She doesn't, so we ignore her as we would ignore any outburst from an uncasted. Blood feud, Messina stood up and snarled. Aya was bouncing up and down. Yes, do malleable? Saint Marie withheld her reaction in order to see what the princess wanted. Please, would you call me Aya? Being Dumalyaville scares me enough without always being reminded about it. Also, I would like to avoid any blood feuds while the host is locked in such a vital struggle. I would like it if five members of House Minerva and House Ishera battled each other in a melee to settle this manner. If House Minerva wins, Kale Ishera should be compelled to make a public apology at the next council meeting for rudely refusing to acknowledge the opinion of another head of house. If House Minerva fails, then Messina of Minerva will forever forego conveying any insult concerning runners and former runners. Do you think that would be a fair decision? You are very dangerous, St. Marie stated loud enough to be clearly heard to everyone. Our enemies should tremble as the years diminish until your coronation. I plan to learn from the very best, I punctuated this by reaching out and putting her small hand in St. Marie's. In that instant, St. Marie was whisked back to the years when her own daughter was Aya's size. The host will do its very best to prepare you for the duties you will have to take up when the time comes, she promised in a much kinder voice. Go Aya. I am waiting for the next I would like, the golden mare added. I would like Shani of House Aranite, Radha of House Minakshi and Buffy of House Ishera to consent to being the three members of the regency. House Aranite is an established first house and Shani provides the gravitas, wisdom and experience of a house head. Radha is from a new house and brings the perspective of an apprentice to the process. I would like it if we considered the fact that most of our warriors will be closer to her age than the age of house heads. Buffy has the most experience dealing with runners and will serve as a beacon for the runners in the same manner the heritage of our house's histories inspire we fortunate enough to be raised by Amazon grandmothers, mothers, aunts, and sisters does. Aya had deftly avoided the use of the term full blood. Why don't we simply put the crown on her head now, beyond the fact it would fall straight past her shoulders to the ground, the head of House Bendis remarked rather bitterly. I had to think. Her name's is Claudia, Buffy filled me in through clenched teeth. Aya's hand shot up again. I would like to handle this one, St. Marie smiled down at Aya. Aya dropped her hand immediately. Claudia, I have decided your lack of close proximity to Dumaliagalaya of Karuriyasi has clouded your perception of events. What you mistake as a usurpation of power is a little girl trying to avoid responsibilities beyond her experience. That wasn't, Claudia stared to defend her utterance. Saint Marie held up her hand warding the head of House Bendis to silence. Before you continue, pay careful attention to who her birth aunt was. Technically, Aya had no family anymore. Quen had exited the royal house so that the Amazons wouldn't have to deal with her treachery. Our princess grew up around a woman whose keen intellect we rely on to protect us from unseen enemies, Saint Marie's voice became deeper and more threatening. At the age of 10, she, St. Marie looked my way as my hand shot up mimicking Aya's identical plea for attention. Yes, Ishara? St. Marie chose to acknowledge me. She's nine. Fine. At the age of nine, she earned an honorific, Mamatu Masita, which I didn't accomplish until my 19th year. 
Yes ladies, I'm an epic badass and I've been outperformed by a child. She was kidnapped along with the head of House Ishera. They tortured her by clipping off two of her digits, one at a time, then seared the damage with a blowtorch. She gave them nothing. At the end of the encounter, the two of them managed to defeat 37 Pillars Commandos, over 15 she disabled personally. After killing nearly half as many enemies as the 35 I have personally dispatched in my entire career, she crossed a mile and a half of barren rock in the midst of a category for Typhoon. Kaelishera only helped her half of the way because he was engaged with the last two members of the Seven Pillars team. I have utter confidence the madness here today, while assisted by Hausapona and Ishera, was the brainchild of Kresimira. I say assisted because Kaelishera spared Quenamai's life on the battlefield. Katrina Epona removed Quenamai from Romanian custody to keep her out of the hands of those who wished us harm. I was aware Quenamai was in New York, but not her precise location. My read on the situation is this, Aya of Karuriyasi was aware of Quenamai and Krasimira's plot to adopt her into the bloodline of the first Amazon. She was not aware of Quenamai's plan to exit the host in the manner she chose. I read the shock and pain in Aya's face. Our princess has not given me a single order and I am the only voice here today that matters, I am the golden mayor and the council has consistently failed to agree on a regency. Krasimira, why have you done this? Saint Marie abruptly asked for either a denial or acquiescence of her perception of events. As directed by the ancestors, the statute of a goddess of a first house was recast then returned to her perpetual spot. It brought new light to a dark, sacred and painful place. In that moment I realized that for the first time in nearly 3,200 years, the descendants of every Amazon gathered before the walls of Walusa, Troy, had been reunited. I was troubled. Was this a portent the augurs couldn't divine? In their council, the augurs, that came up with the words speak to our eldest dot. Oh shit, the rest of the council was racking their minds trying to figure who was the oldest surviving Amazon. I knew for a fact they were overlooking the two top candidates. I sought out the eldest Amazon alive. They claimed to not have the answer for my worries. She had far more numerous things weighing on her mind such as her intimate demise. Though I hated sharing the same air with her, I asked her to tell me her greatest regret. I had given up on the Amazon race until an Amazon reminded me, through martial effort, valiant spirit and a kind heart, I was wrong to abandon my faith with my people. Now I will die, unable to pass on my renewed hope because the one Amazon I would trust with my legacy is equally childless. I asked her the name of this Amazon she felt was worthy of her legacy. Then I informed her she was wrong and the Amazon in question did indeed have a daughter. She asked to meet the daughter. Last night I requested the presence of a female child residing with members of House Epona, the keeper of records looked up at the golden mare. I provided neither the resident female, Caitlin, Aya's mother, or the house head with an explanation. Female child, since my revival, Amazons were using female child a lot more often. This meant, Caitlin had never told her daughter farewell. The true fate of Aya of Epona would never officially be recorded. She has been born, but never recorded as an Amazon of her house. The three of us met alone. The two embraced, mother and daughter. The eldest of us proclaimed she saw the light of Karuriyasi in her daughter's eyes. Words were exchanged. The child agreed to be adopted then departed. Further arrangements were made without the child's knowledge as we have recently observed. 
I testify that there is only one Amazon alive today who knows what transpired and I will take those conversations to my grave. Does that suffice? Krasimira finished. I was already regurgitating my mental quandary with my assurance. Was I a really a daughter of Kururiyasi? I will leave it to the others to contemplate your bizarre actions, Krasimira, St. Marie frowned. As for the rest of you, Aya has impressed me. If she has not impressed you, I do not care. I think she is definitely influenced by those two, St. Marie motioned to Katrina and me. It is a given since Katrina was of her blood and she has risked much in the presence of a man she calls Ada and he calls Dumadot. Katrina is a cold, heartless snake and I am convinced she is one of the best first bearer of the sun spear through the halls of night and death, the host been served by in a long, long time. Kale is a fool who leads with his heart when he should let better women take charge. Fortunately for the rest of us, he is reliably successful despite his multitude of handicaps. Was I upset about being insulted? No. The truth hurts and a man needs to learn to roll with the punches. Buffy I could deal with. Katrina most likely appreciated being associated with a dangerous reptile. Saint Marie hadn't forgotten Katrina threading Saint Marie's daughter that was for sure. I am considering much of what our princess would like me slash us to do, because it is based in keen insight and well-reasoned thought. She wishes to spare our sons so we will have more warriors in the fight. We have already added men to Havenstone and one to the council, as was the will of the ancestors. Let me see, she wishes a bodyguard of 14, two first house and one from Africa, Asia, Europe and North and South America, the Amazon presence in Australia was minimal and I doubted they would bring someone up from Antarctica, plus the seven matching runners, without removing permanent members of any house and allowing all houses to have access to our future queen. I approve. It is a fine idea and I wish I had thought of it. Should we add runners directly into the royal house? She doesn't think so and I feel this decision shows a remarkably insightful into the long history of our people and protects the council's sensitivity on such matters. I approve. Placing our sons into the care of the royal house? We need to free up as many sisters as possible. Men under the care of the royal house will be tradesmen and helpmates. Not a single weapon will be in their hands. If none of you have realized her like will take two decades to implement, it only increases my eagerness to see her become casted. Aya's hand shot up again. Yes? I would hope the council, or the regents, will consider a like which is not mine. It is a man's and it should be of no surprise the idea is Kale's. If you feel it holds merit, Aya, tell us, St. Marie deferred. The nine clans have shown some interest in a children exchange programs among our youth as it would provide new techniques we can add to our arsenal and a new avenue to experiment with new ideas. I find the idea to be promising as the host takes part in affairs beyond our own immediate needs. It would also supply partners between families to be shared for a season or two. Translation, Amazon women could breed with men of allied secret societies to reduce our dependence on our own, much smaller, male population. In the short term, it would go a long way to rectifying the host's childbearing problems. The council's quarrelsome behavior was biting them in the ass big time. Saint Marie was right, the only opinion that mattered was hers until the council elected a regency. Had we not been at war, the council would have ruled, but we were, so we took orders from the golden mayor. Even if the high priestess had been alive, she would have deferred to our designated war leader on most things. Kalish, Kale Wakoishera, is a very dangerous and devious male, Aya. 
Be careful of any counsel he gives, St. Marie's caution was more playful than menacing. I'll be okay, Aya peeped. He doesn't have sex with any woman until she is 18. That wasn't what the golden mare was cautioning her about. We all knew it. Aya was working to diffuse a sticky bit of mental juggling, listening to a man's advice. On that we can agree, St. Marie conceded. Back to what I would like to say. The new directive is being implemented. I feel it goes beyond the purview of my mandate. I will leave it for the Regency to deal with. Katrina and Tessa have already invested in the groundwork in this endeavor, so I will endorse it if that is the decision of the Regency. I have zero desire to add a single runner to the security detail. I will open up slots in the training program if that is what the Regency demands. Each house's policy for dealing with the first directive is their business, not mine. If any of you wish to consider something the princess considers to be important, so be it. The idea of 1,000 Ishurans does not appeal to me. Look how much trouble their tiny numbers have already caused us and take heed. Buffy began growling, which amused Slash worried the houses on either side of us. Unlike me, Buffy didn't roll with the blows and considered all manner of insults to me, House Ishera and her Ishuran sisters to be answerable with violence. I loved her so. There was also no way I'd let her go after St. Marie. The golden mare would crush her, I had no doubt. The unwelcome blood feud, are both house heads ignorant of my forbid dance of such things? Apparently so. Both defied me by tossing insults back and forth. Considering we are at war with two of the most powerful secret factions, I am angered by both for their idiocy. The solution the princess likes is rather novel, Saint Marie was punishing both Messina and me with her low voice and fiery gaze. Krasimira coughed. Yes? Saint Marie suspended her anger. The suggested resolution is not without precedence, Krasimira spoke with a scholarly detachment. In our early days, the host settled such disputes in spring and fall gatherings by contests of foot speed, hunting, horsewomanship, archery, and wrestling. If we revived the tradition, the competing houses could nominate one woman for each contest to settle the matter. Only the hand-to-hand -hand match would risk either contestant's health. I will consider it and render judgment before the sun sets today, St. Marie nodded. The final. Like pleases me greatly. Dealing with the 52 of you is, Kale? I was on the spot. I couldn't let down my fan base of one, Aya. Perhaps it was five, Buffy, who would never admit it, Daphne, who liked me, Katrina, because she liked fucking with my head, and Desiree, who was less likely to admit she found me funny than Buffy. I felt I gave a decent effort. A ginormous pain in my hemorrhoids, the basic one. More painful than having my cornea scrapped with a spoon, more gruesome. Enough to make me want to give Sukunias a surprise French kiss, most likely to be fatal. Worse than waking up to discover I'm related to Kale Wakoashera, most horrifying, for both of us. Inspiring me to toss it all away and take up professional bikini mud wrestling, a personal fantasy of mine. Why do we put up with him again, one house head remarked. Because I am worried that one, motioning to Buffy, will stab me in the elevator after a meeting. My first, are you acting psychotic around the council members? I looked over my shoulder at Buffy. Wako Ashera, it is not an act. I am psychotic, she responded deadpan. Are you still packing that thermite grenade? No Wako Ashera. Daphne stole it from me and hid it, was her quick delivery. I love working with you too, Daphne whispered, 
What is it with you, your unsubtle sexual innuendo and me in a bikini? Saint Marie stared at me. I find the combination of brilliance and lethality sexy. Just ask Elsa, I grinned. Then I grimaced as Buffy stomped on my toes. The house heads and apprentices on either side of me noticed and clearly expected me to do something, like to show outrage, because she was my underling, or start crying, because I was a guy. Prestige, Daphne hissed quietly. Prestige. She was reminding Buffy that beating me up in public made the other Amazons think even less of me than they already did. I will go with, B, the cornea scrapping, Saint Marie gave me an odd. Damn it, I muttered. I also got my foot out of the way before someone did any more damage to my phalanges. Best daddy ever, I am off to me. Back to the main action. It is not my place to order the rest of you to elect Shani, Rada, and Buffy to be the regency. I do admit I admire the mixture of candidates, Saint Marie declared. I shot Rada a quick look. She seemed really, really enamored of the idea of being part of the regency, thus staying in New York for the next decade or so. Before the idea is rejected out of hand, I suggest we ask the three people our princess would like to be part of the regency if they would accept the nomination, the golden mare continued. Shani Aranidi? I bow to the logic and reason of the proposal, Shani replied. Radha Meenakshi? I wish to join my sisters in battle, yet I accept the reasoning behind the proposal, Radha nodded. If my head of house agrees, I will stay and do my part for our people. What was she saying to me? You are going to whip me, beat me, torture me, humiliate me, and push me to beyond the limits of any pain I have experienced until I pass out repeatedly. I despair of finding any other compromise, Madi frowned. If my apprentice understands the greater difficulty she will face gaining prestige among her housemates, I will consent to this proposal. Essentially a yes. Buffy Ishera? I was really looking forward to ripping the spines out of still-living foes, but I would be a fool to go against Aya of Karuriyasi smarts. If Wako Ishera wants to walk out of this room unassisted, he will see the wisdom of this decision as well, she gave me a shark smile. Daphne had surpassed her limit and punched Buffy. Hell yeah, I agree, I exclaimed. Now I know there will be certain times of the day when she isn't stalking me. I'll work more pain into our limited schedule, Buffy grumbled. Are we sure he is the house head and she is the apprentice? Yet another house head joined the shit on me train. It was telling of our group dynamic how we accepted the pyramid of pain. The underlings dispensed advice and violence as they felt necessary without their superior getting pissy about it. Buffy felt totally justified hitting me and accepted being hit by Daphne, who continued to act unimpeded as Buffy's rapid-fire translator. If I was house head, I'd handcuff him to me, Buffy clarified for her. What she said, I pointed a thumb Buffy's way. I'd have used a finger, but she might have grabbed, twisted, and made me scream in pain. Perhaps the council can vote on this as their second order of business, St. Marie cloaked her command as a suggestion. Kale Wakoashera, can I ask you a personal question? Kohar of Marta caught my attention. Shoot, wait, probably not the best terminology in this crowd. Ask away, I replied. Have you faced a house challenge yet? Yes. Just last night, in fact. We free-climbed the north face of Havenstone. I beat the next closest contender by three floors. I also had Princess Aya on the roof dropping bricks on anyone who attempted to get past me. That means he isn't going to answer you, Beyonce interpreted, for my audience.
Can't you ever take these meetings seriously? Phoebe Maliki glowered. La, Phoebe, in the past few minutes I have watched the person I love most in the world get her life shat on, I shook my head. The only thing worse than seeing this happen to Aya is knowing this is her sole opportunity to not lose her soul, so I'm sucking up my heart's pain and putting forward a jester's persona so I don't put any more pressure on her than she's already been subjected to. Like me, she doesn't want the distinction of being a person of note. Like me, she knows she must sacrifice her dreams for the sake of our people, the Amazon host. Trust me, you would rather have me, the jester, than me, the Amazon furious with the destiny that has foisted this pain on her. Do any of you take responsibility for forcing the events of this morning? I growled. If they wanted to see the other side of the Janus, so be it. Had you chosen a regency in the fucking weeks you've been bickering, Quenum I could have been dealt with privately. The fate of the royal house could have been put off a few years. Had you not all been so dead set on being heroines of the host, three of you would have sacrificed your bloodlust, your birthright and the future accolades you could recite on your final night, before taking themselves to the cliff, but none of you did. Instead, you set the stage for dumping all of your indecisiveness on the slender shoulders of a nine-year-old girl most of you had written off as too fractured and frail to survive her twelfth year only three months ago. So Phoebe, how do you like the honest me? I finished off furiously. It was not lost on anyone in the chamber I was an Amazon raging against the cruelty of fate. Every other bitch in the room knew they had discarded my daughter's life as trivial and I was prepared to unleash violence on the next one to show an ounce of disrespect over Aya's surrendering of her destiny and my grief at failing to find a way to stop this from coming to pass. Saint Marie had just reminded them that I was reliably successful despite my handicaps. Not an enemy anyone in the room wanted any part of. Saku would have been proud. A final note, I have been remiss in informing my readers of the names of the 53 houses, even though I created it some time ago. I have made a few alterations to the original version as I've had to rethink certain parts of this tale, but here is the list I now use. List of goddesses, the first 20 houses in no particular order, 1, Ishera, Odes, Medicine and War, to North America, died out 450 CE, reborn in 2014, 2, deceased, Anat, goddess of war, fury and blood sacrifice, died out 6th center BC, possibly resurrected by Secunius 3, Anahit, water, wisdom and war, to North America, 4, Aranite, sun goddess, to North America, 5, Hanwasut, sovereign goddess 6, Ilian Communis, dragon god, to North America, special case, 7. Inara, the hunter goddess 8, Sauska, fertility, war, healing 9, Kamrasipa, healing medicine magic, to Africa, 10, Lalwani, goddess of the underworld, to Africa, 11, Hapantali, pastoral goddess. 12, Hadapuna, sea goddess, to India. 13, Hanahana, Mother Goddess 14, Morai, Fate 15, Silardi, Lunar Goddess, to Africa, 16, Namu, Primordial Sea, Sailing, Sailors, to India, to Indonesia, 17, Adab, Goddess of Plants, to Africa, 18, Lahar, Cattle Goddess, to Africa, 19, Ereshkigal, Queen of the Underworld, to India, 20, Istastea and Papaya, Twin Goddesses of Destiny, to North America. Additional houses, founded in Europe, code, SC equals Scythian, T equals Thracian, P, Phrygian, C equals Celtic, R equals Roman, SL equals Slavic, 21, SC, Marta, the one-eyed goddess slash vengeance, fantasy creation, 22, SC, Faranak, a Scythian goddess also known as the Lynx goddess and the silent huntress, Dora, 23, SC, Stalgos, monstrous slayer of Greeks, known to the Greeks as the Gorgon Stheno, semi-historical, 24, T, Cotidia, Thracian goddess of sex, war and slaughter, to North America, 
25. T. Bendis, Thracian goddess of the moon and hunting. 26. T. Semeli slash Raja, Thracian goddess of the earth and birth, to India. 27. T. Hylonomy, centaur goddess. 28. P. Sibylle, Phrygian's earth goddess on lion's throne, to the Amazon. 29. C. Andraste, war goddess, also goddess of the moon and divination, the rabbit goddess. 30. C. Epona, horses, to North America. 31. C. Sihirith, goddess of springs whose war cry precedes death, to Africa. 32. C. Maeve, war goddess, the enslaver of men. 33. Deceased. C. Nantosuelta, earth, fire and fertility, died out 1st center BC. 34. C. Ardio, the bear. Goddess, to North America. 35. C. Nemain, goddess of war and panic. 36. R. Minerva, Roman goddess of war and strategy. 37. Deceased. R. Diana, hunting and archery, died out in India. 16th center C. 38. S. L. Ziva, love and fertility. 49. S. L. Moore, goddess of harvest, witchcraft, winter and death, to North America. 40. S. L. Zorja, the Twin Guardians, Evening Slash Morning Stars, 41, SL, Oswina, Fame and Glory, died out in 1944, 42. SL, Coliata, Sky Goddess and Deity of Sunrises Slash Dawn. Died out 17th Center C, 43, F, Miliki, Goddess of the Hunt, 44, Din, Scotty, Giantess, Goddess of Bow Hunting, Skiing, Winter, and Mountains Additional Houses, founded in India, 45, I, Mukambika, Demon Slayers, 46, I, Badra, Goddess of the Hunt, to Indonesia, 47, I, Minakshi, The Liberator, Radha and Maddie's House, 48, I, Durga, Dark Mother, to Indonesia, 49, I, Shandala Bikshuki, Queen of Night, Death, Destruction and Rebirth, 50, I, Jaya, Goddess of Victory. 51. I. Kalama, the Scorpion Queen, died out 16th center. Additional houses, founded in Africa, 52. A. Ashen, Yoruba goddess of love, sexuality, beauty and diplomacy, lady of the Orisha life spirits, 53. A. Yamanja, mother of rivers, to the Amazon, 54. A. Oba, goddess of betrayal and exile, 55. A. Oksasi, goddess of hunting, forests, animals and wealth, 56. A. Jenga, goddess of jungles and water spirits, additional houses, founded in North America. NT equals native tribal. 57. NT, Ashin Hinhitan, Noayusu Hinanu Husei Hitanio, Arapaho, Storm Horse Sister, Fantasy Creation, 58. NT, Gay, Apache, Supernatural Spirits Who Live in the Mountains, Perspective House, 59. New, Hittite, Selanya, The Dragon's Daughter, Current Number of Central Houses, 12 in North America, 9 plus Ishara from Europe and 2 native, 10 in Africa, 6 from Europe and 5 native, 3 in Amazonia, 1 from Africa and 2 from Europe, 8 in India, 3 from Europe and 7 native, 3. In Indonesia, 2 from India and 1 from Europe, 17 in Europe, 6 deceased. To be continued. I final stand for Literatica. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We hope you found pleasure and inspiration. Come back tomorrow as we continue to bring you more explicit romance tales and subscribe to our podcast feeds in your mobile devices to access our entire library of hundreds of daily episodes. Happy dreams.